Bush and Richie here with another Hometime Show podcast. Have you ever asked yourself why we start the podcast? What do you mean? Well, they're about to hear it. So anything that we say here is getting in the way of what they're all here for. That's a good point. It's a little bit like going to the cinema. Like, you went to watch June the other night. Mm -hmm. It's like you and your mate... What was your fireman friend called? Why are you obsessed with my fireman mate? I just want to know his name again. I always forget. Big big lad, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Big lad, James. James, sat next to each other, uh, just two fellas having a night out, and you, you go to the local cinema, yes. and then it's like the local cinema owner coming down and doing a little talk mm -hmm. before you get going with the film. You wouldn't want that, would you? You wouldn't want that, no. Um, as much as you don't want the, the 30, 30 minutes of... Faff beforehand. Yeah, it's a good point. So um, maybe we should knock this on the head. Crack on. Yeah, fair enough. It's, it's the show. My youngest daughter has started doing something that is hard to watch. Allow me to explain. Uh, Thea is our youngest daughter. She's three years old. We have, as I imagine you have with Rocco, got a daily routine. Same thing every day, right? <laughs> uh, you go out in the buggy, go to the park, uh, which normally is a routine of like swing, slide, seesaw, swing, slide, seesaw, then me telling her off for walking up the slide. Yeah. Okay, so it goes. Then I look forward to the bit where we can go and sit in the cafe. Yeah. And we always get the same thing. I always buy her a tea cake with hot milk, nice. a little straw in it, and I have a cup of tea and maybe a slice of toast. She's just recently started doing something that, like I say, is hard to watch. Uh, Thea has started picking the raisins out of the tea cake in front of me. <laughs> I had to watch her this morning, I had to watch her doing it the day before as well. And it's, I'm just watching an absolute horror because what is a tea cake without the raisins? It ceases to exist, doesn't it? We, we, we hear you on the radio every day. You and I share this studio every day. Surely you've had a word. I don't know what to say to her. I don't even know how to explain that to a three and a bit year old. <laughs> it's a tricky one. You can't tell them to put them back in or finish them at the end. <laughs> but it's you know this is like a slippery slope because I know out there listening right now, loads of you might be you listening to this right now. You go out your way to pick someone out of food. So let's have it. Cards on the table this hour of the show. What do you pick out of food? Uh, onions, famously hate them. Devil's how, food. How did this happen? Did, so, was there an inciting incident? No, this is, uh, I've just never liked them. Uh, I think at its peak was when I was on my own and uh, doing lasagna. I, I call it the wilderness years. We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, was doing lasagna for the kids, buying the Dolmio lasagna sauce. Oh. And then before I could make the lasagna, having to sieve it. Oh, my Lord, that is outrageous. <laughs> it's just... I can remember my daughter coming in going, what are you doing, Dad? And she's going, no, just need to go and sit down, it's fine. Sieving <laughs> onion out of Dolmio, because I hated it so much. What is Daddy doing to the onions? <laughs> uh, and what, then just chuck them in the bin afterwards as well? Yeah. What do you do with you just chuck the onions in the bin? Straight in the bin, no use for them. This is outrageous. And, and it goes back to the point of, say, with Theo. It's like, she spent more of her time picking raisins out of the tea cake than actually eating the damn things this morning. <laughs> so, come on then, cards on the table, you're listening to this, you probably do the same thing. What do you go out of your way to pick out a food. Uh, Julia tweets bacon off a Domino's Texas barbecue pizza. What oh. makes no sense in that is obviously when you place the order, you could tweak it. Yes. You don't have to have it. You can say, I like your Texas barbecue pizza without the bacon, thanks. Then it comes to to pick it off. H having said that, some of the items that you don't have on a Five Guys burger almost <laughs> keeps me up at night. <laughs> it, it keeps me up at night. There's so many different things you can have on it and you don't have them. Limitless sides. Oh. You can choose, choose whatever you want to add in. I will only ever go mayo. Swear to God, I, it keeps me up at night, <laughs> that does. Uh, Davy Rops on Twitter says, I picked peas out of egg fried rice. They have no business being there. I have to get rid of the revolting passion fruit 
fruit floating in a porn star martini before I can enjoy one. I'm gipping now at the thought of my friend slurping up those snotty-looking seeds, oh. says that text. What the hell's gipping? I've looked it up. Uh, it's a Yorkshire term. Uh, it's a precursor to vomiting. Do you know what? I think I was gipping at half-time in the Everton Wolves game <laughs> last night. Uh, we've got Gareth on the line. Gareth, mate, tell the group what you pick out of food. <laughs> the cherry off a cherry bake, well tart. Oh, just say that one more time, just in case people miss that absolute crime. You take the cherry <laughs> off a cherry baked world time. What do you do with it? Chuck it in a bin, of course. It's disgusting. Oh, dear. <laughs> Therefore, just making it a bake world tart. Yeah. Basically, yeah. What is your problem with the cherry? It's hanging. <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue with that. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. That's great. Ta-da. I've looked up bake world tart, right? That's, that's a dangerous search on the company computer. <laughs> the history of the Bakewell tart, traditionally, ground almond, jam, short-crust pastry, frangipan, there is no cherry on it. it that's, that's been done by Kipling. That can't be right, surely? Oh, the traditional tart from the town of Bakewell in Derbyshire, the pudding, no cherry on it whatsoever. That's Kipling's uh, frilly cuffed hand. Exactly. There, isn't it's it? It's exactly that. the cherry on top. So we, we do owe him an apology. So Gareth is only doing how it was meant to be. He's a hardliner when it he comes is. to um, those cakes, which is fair play. Our apologies, Gareth. Sorry, mate. Sorry, we shouldn't have doubted you. Uh, we're talking about what you pick out of food, uh, and still the weirdness comes in. This person says to take sweet corns out of chicken and sweet corn soup. Could you be bothered? Gar- uh, Graham <laughs> says, my lad picks the kidney beans out of chili con carne, which can be a lengthy process if if it's been served in a burrito or an enchilada. Hats off to him, though, for the dedication. It's like watching a heart surgeon sometimes. That's another one I do. Karen from Derby says, I always pick green peppers out of everything. I'm absolutely gopping thinking about it. Why is it gipping or gopping? <laughs> gipping was one. Now, I don't even, I'm not going to Google gopping. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not Googling that. Uh, Michelle in Liverpool is picking the peas out of a pot noodle, which is um, probably easier done dry than when you put the kettle water in. How do you do it? Like, what are you using for that? Yeah, it's a tricky one. What, like tweezers? If you're picking like that with tweezers out, you've gone too far. Mark, what are you doing? Yeah, um, so I actually cut the ice lolly sticks out of magnums. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why, why? Why are you doing that for? Yeah, well... Because you don't have to eat it. Fe- I just can't stand the feeling of the wood against my tongue. Something terrible's happened to him back in the past. <laughs> so talk us through the process, right? You've, got, you've gone to the corner shop, you've got yourself a magnum. Explain to Richie and I what you go home and do now then, next. Yeah, yeah. well, I get a bread knife and mm-hmm. then um, lay, well, obviously unwrap the, the ice cream, lay it flat and then cut either side, so left, then right. Right. And then I just chisel it, chisel the um, <laughs> the ice cream off. Uh, oh. I mean, I think you can buy chalk ices without the stick. That's a good my, point. My family prefer magnums. Other ice creams are available. Wow. Mark, we are in a society these days where, thankfully, we are all allowed to leave the lines that we want to leave. <laughs> yeah. But I think Bush and I are agreed... You're a wrong one. You're a wrong one. You need an intervention. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I seek your forgiveness. You are now travelling on a trip into the unknown. In a long, dark tunnel through time, the years fly past, age ceases to exist. Where will you land? Will you ever return to your own time? Only Bush and Richie can save you now as you travel through the decades. One of you could be winning some cash as we take you through the decades. Our brand new game. Can you answer a question from each of the Absolute Radio Decade stations to bag yourself £500? On the line to play, we have the lovely Anna. Where are you calling from, Anna? 
Carmen Erskine. Scotland. Erskine. Yes, yes. Have you been wearing a big coat out and about today, Anna, or what's your deal on this? Yeah, it's pretty cold today and it just looks like it's going to start raining now. It's been dry all day, but... It, yeah, another it person who has just ignored the ruling on the show yesterday, but uh, being that you're here th- through the decades, we might just have to look past it. Another rebel, which is fine. Uh, obviously, we need to caution you because we had Chris on the show yesterday. He had a bit of a nightmare. He's now still stuck in the 80s. You worried about not making it through our space-time continuum loop? Yes. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Straight up. Straight up. All right, Anna, we'll remind you and everyone of the rules. Uh, we're going to give you seven questions, one from each of our sister stations, Absolute Radio, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, noughties, 10s in the present day. Uh, you have 60 seconds on the clock to get all seven questions correct. You can't pass on a question, however, and when the time's up, the game ends, which is pretty revolutionary. Uh, Makes sense? Oh. Yes, absolutely. Good. Uh, let's play through the decades. Where would you like to start, Anna? I'll start in the 60s. Oh! oh. This is different. Everyone's starting in the 80s so far. Perhaps. This could be a breakthrough. Good luck to you. Right, here we go. Good luck. Thank you. Through the decades. 60s. Which famous boxer in 1964 changed his name from Cassius Clay? Muhammad Ali. Correct. 70s. You Should Be Dancing was a top ten hit for which band in 1976? You Should Be Dancing. You sang You Should Be Dancing. Oh, You Should Be Dancing. Dancing. Yeah. 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 You Should Be Dancing. <laughs> Organist A. You Should Be Dancing. Should be dancing. <laughs> teeth. Think teeth. Yeah. And hair. <sighs> teeth and hair. Oh. And beards. Teeth in here, teeth in here. Oh, you should be dancing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Bee Gees, the Bee Gees. Yes. <laughs> uh, the Overlook 80s. The Overlook Hotel is the hotel from the uh, which 1980s Stanley... Shining. Yes. 90s. Suck My Kiss, Give It Away and Under the Bridge are all songs off which Red Hot Chili Peppers album? Uh, I haven't a clue. Don't know when, but Charlie, Charlie Peppers. Uh, Charlie Peppers. Peppers. <laughs> 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 Time's up. Oh no, you are lost in time. Courtesy of Home Time with Bush and Richie. What does she call them? Charlie Peppers. All right, right, my mum. (laughs) That's the best answer we've had since we've started this. Brilliant. What's the uh, the new album like by the uh, Charlie Peppers? They are like. Um, Anna, love you. Blood, sugar, sex, magic was the answer, which means you're trapped in the 90s, which are you maybe one of those global hypercolour T-shirts on for the rest of your life. (laughs) Oh, Anna, hard luck. Um, No winner today, which means we will be playing again tomorrow. Uh, For your chance to play and to bag that £500 that no-one's done yet, uh, call 0330-123-1215. You've got until 6pm tonight to enter. All the terms and conditions a great read are at absoluteradio.co.uk get yourself warmed up and ready for this and on point and if you can't wait until then get yourself limbered up and ready to play with the Through the Decades on your Amazon smart speaker game right now all you've got to do is say open the Through the Decades game give it a go Through the Decades with Tesco Mobile 
24 hours on since our announcement of your need to hold firm on the Big Coke protocol. It's not been enacted yet. 24 hours on, and Bush, what an anarchic 24 hours it has been. It's been unbelievable, isn't it? You've probably seen it on TV news. There's been rioting going on, uh, general disturbances. People have kind of rebelled against what's been going on. The whole reason we have the home time Big Coke protocol is to make life easier for you guys to decide whether you need to put the Big Coke on or not. We make that decision. When we tell you not yet, that doesn't mean there's need for discussion. And it's been unbelievable. All you need to do is look on social media and you see some of these unbelievable comments that Richie and I have been dealing with. Joe says, it was four degrees this morning. You and Richie are wrong. Carl says, there's ice on my roof. Your big co-protocol announcement yesterday was the wrong one. It's time. Hashtag winter. We have areas enclaves in the United Kingdom uh, declaring big co-independence. Diane says, we are calling big co-protocol in Derbyshire. Hoodies and long gilets have already been broken out. Richard says, I saw a butterfly whilst out on a dog walk at lunchtime. Definitely no big coat needed. He's in agreement. He's in agreement with us. And then Andy says, I'd like to remind you that the Big Co protocol is a devolved issue and as such I'm now wrapping up warm here in Edinburgh. So look, it's time to choose sides. You can't just listen to this home time show and then just agree, all right? Are you a believer or are you a rebel when it comes to the Big Co protocol? Cards on the table tonight, time to choose, all right? Are you with Richie and I or against us? Are you going around in a light jacket following the rules of the Big Co protocol or have you already cracked out the puffer? Go on, tell us. It is time to choose. Text us 81215, tweet us at Absolute Radio. Believer or a rebel? Let's let the country decide. Trust is a big word. It is. It's one that Adam is happy with. He says big coats aren't required yet. Light jacket currently. Ventured to a medium jacket yesterday because the zoo got quite windy. It is chilly. (laughs) Let your body acclimatise for a few days. You'll be fine in a light jacket with maybe a jumper underneath. That's the attitude we want. That's the Dunkirk spirit. Matt says, and I love this, my son wouldn't wear his coat to school because of the protocol this morning. My wife, of course, has blamed me for listening to you. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Brad in Sheffield says, I'm working a loophole into the protocol. No big coat, but I've got a long sleeve thermal under my work shirt and hoodie. Is that all right? <laughs> and then uh, Dudley and Newkey says, I'm a rebel. The big coat's been out for a couple of weeks already. I won't submit to the unrealistic rules or the jackboots of the tyrants. Come on, Charlie, give it to us straight. Where do you stand? I have to admit, gentlemen, that uh, I, was a, I was a non-believer. This morning I got up and I put my big coat on. Within five minutes, it was all hot and boiled, a little bit sweaty. So for the rest of the day, I have merely been in a T-shirt and a high-vis vest. So I am a 100% convert. I will accept you find gentleman's word and uh, I will abide by the big coat protocol from now on in. In many ways, you've had a, a big coat road to Damascus style yes. uh, epiphany here and have done a turnaround. Uh, it's uh, 100%. You know, um, I will never, ever doubt the, the words of the mighty gentleman. I am speaking to. Sorry, uh, uh, just um, the, the, the signal went there. Say that again. I will never ever doubt your word again. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> from, from now, from now on, and uh, whatever you say on the drive time show goes. Sorry, the signal went again. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Charlie. <laughs> no problem, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Haley's on the line. Where do you stand, Haley? I'm a true believer. No yes. coat, no long sleeves, not even a light jacket. Brilliant. And what have you been doing during the day then when you've been out and about? What's your job? Oh, I work in an office. 
Okay, so when you nip outside to get you know, go on your lunch break, then you're still with us here. You're just wearing a light jacket and just getting on with it. Yeah, I've got a shirt on with sleeves rolled up. Look oh, that. wow, look at you. Brilliant. Bold as brass. Uh, breaking news, just in that last song, the Queen of Rock herself, Leona Graham from the No Repeat Guarantee here on Absolute Radio, has just uh, sent us this WhatsApp message to clarify her position. Hi, Bush and Richie. This is Leona listening to you in the car. I've been wearing a denim jacket. I've recently moved on to a leather jacket, but that's as far as it goes. By no means am I moving on to a big coat. And I don't think you, I, or anybody in this country should even be discussing a big coat protocol at this stage. Unexpected support. An unlikely alliance. <laughs> yes. And how about this for the result of the Twitter poll? I kid you not. Believers, 50.1%. You are joking. Rebels, 49.9%. The drama. A wooden tongue. Polar, spray painted gold with 100 balls in. Those 100 balls are numbered 1 to 100. Uh, they all correspond to a topic that we could all now be talking about for the final 51 minutes of the show. Unfortunately, the hatch has just stopped at the bottom, so I have to. I hate it when the hatch goes around the other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this, anything could happen here. It could be a brilliant phone, and we'll all go home happy tonight thinking that is fantastic. Or this could be a career low. And there's been a few. Quite high up. Ball number 90. Water high ball. Ball number 90. Job interviews. Any stories to do with job interviews? Anything goes. Job interviews, the subject, ball number 90. Uh, Neil says, I remember going for an investment interview in Edinburgh back in the early 90s. They locked the door first, which Ooh. is a bit unnerving. That's a bit dodgy, isn't it? Uh, this one here, I've misread this, right? I thought uh, this Dudley character was a little bit cocky, but now I understand. The penny's dropped. Dudley says, I'm self-employed, and it was the easiest process imaginable. A few simple questions, and after less than a minute's consideration, the job was mine. I now, I see what, yeah, now I see what he's done. Mm. Uh, if you want to get in touch, 81215, tell us your job interview stories. Uh, we've got George on the line. George, what happened to you in a job interview? Oh, right, OK. So um, I was actually skiving off my other job at the time. Um, and I got a message from someone, uh, a friend of a friend, saying, oh, we need some logos designed. I was like, I, OK, well, I can do pretty pictures. And I said, oh, I'll come to this address. So I thought, OK. I just put my headphones in, uh, wandered around London, wasn't paying attention. And then when I got to the door, there was like these two massive bulletproof glass doors. And, you know, I thought standard. Um, and they rang me through. And they put me in this room. And I was looking around. I thought, there's a lot of pictures of Tony Blair around. And so um, it, it took me a minute. And then I spoke to my mate on WhatsApp. And um, he said, oh, what's the address? And I told him. And he Googled it. He said, you're in Tony Blair's private office. Um oh. So naturally, I was terrified. Uh, my dad's a very staunch conservative, so I thought he was going to disown me. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I I was freaking out a little bit because I wondered why I was there. I don't know, been looking at my search history or something, but, yeah, I was pretty terrified, to be honest. I had no idea. I thought it was just, you know, go do a nice little logo for a nice, nice website. I'd love to know what the logo you did for Tony Blair was, then. What kind of thing did you do? Oh, it was the standard corporate schmaltz, you know, um... Yeah, it's pretty easy. You just make it blue, white, silver. Oh, yeah. You know, very standard stuff, yeah. It's it's boring and soul-destroying, but, hey, it makes the money. <laughs> yeah, you, ever, you tell Tony. Have you ever thought about being a careers advisor? <laughs> <laughs> you sell it with such passion. Oh, no, I'm, I'm absolutely teeming with it, mate. Good to talk to you, George. Craig says, I was interviewed at MFI when midway through, the manager who was eating an apple throughout threw it over my head. 
I turned around to catch it spinning inside the bin and I knew this was the job for me. <laughs> However, it went into liquidation six months later. Oh. Oh. Uh, Jamie in Wigford says, 10 years ago I had an interview for National Express Trains. Wow. I walked in and Divine Comedy National Express was playing. I thought, surely they don't have this on all day. It wasn't their recording. It was coincidence. It was playing on the right. <laughs> That's my favourite <laughs> underwhelming interview story so far. Uh, Niall, what happened with yours? So I was going for an engineering supervisor's role, and uh, it was second of a three-part interview, and it was a health and safety guy. He said, I don't know anything about engineering, but like, what's health and safety mean to you? And I said, well, I was taught in my apprenticeship, never put your finger where you wouldn't put your... and then said the swear word, and... Uh, he actually just continued to laugh and uh, said, yeah, thanks, you passed this part of the interview. Uh, good luck. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I'm going to use that phrase next time I'm in an interview. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> it's only afterwards. I was like, I shouldn't have said that, but here I am two years later still in the role. Let's go back to the beginning of the podcast when we talked about why would you do the beginning of the podcast. And you made a film analogy uh -huh. about me and my uh, farmer mate, James. Big lad. He's a big lad. Um, the film analogy, they don't do an end. Film just ends, people go. That's a good point. So another question, why do we hang around at the end and do an extra bit for the podcast? Well, I, I like to think that this bit, and we do some really, really good patter in this bit, I like to think this that bit is, you know, like you uh, stick around to the end of... Uh, um, uh, Smoking the Bandit, or yeah, that's uh, true. And, and you watch the outtakes. Okay, it rewards people right yes. at the end. Let's do an outtake. This is what this, like this is what that. this is all about. You see, do you know what I mean? Yes. Doing an outtake is quite difficult though, because you can't just do an outtake. Do you know what well, I mean? They, was, they even do them in Pixar films. They draw outtakes. Okay, yes. Um, but we have to have had something gone, gone wrong for. Absolute Radio, where we, real music matters. Oh no, my trousers falling down. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh God, do you have to do that again. Is that all right, everyone? You glad you stuck around? <laughs> <laughs> Today's been really painful.